Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Already live, so I was just just messing with you. So, um, episode uh, one seventy five, Galen Trombley show. Galen Trombley show should know that it's not a not a hard. Uh, I've been saying it all my life, but Galen Trombley show. Uh, my guest today, Emmett Noten. He is a software engineer. Um, I met um, I met you honestly. I think online. Yeah, I think it was um, which Instagram, Facebook, something. Yep. So the, the power of the internet, the power of social, the social web. So. Um, we connected through that um, probably a few years ago now, maybe two um, and a half, three years ago. Sound about right? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, probably two, maybe three. I don't know. Following you for at least three. Okay. So, and then I think we obviously got to know each other and then, you know, I've dealt with you in, you know, some work related functions. But um, other than that, like I said, we've had some good conversations. Um, you're way smarter than me at certain things. So I kind of want to pick your brain and hear your input on some um, I guess kind of tech software, you know, that kind of realm and then wherever else the, uh, the, the pod takes <laughs> us. But, um, Emmett, for people that do not know you, give us kind of a little brief background, who you are, where you came from, what you do. Yes. Yeah, so I grew up in Burlington and, um, went to high school there, started playing in bands, booking shows, doing all that stuff. And then, uh, met my now wife and moved over to Plattsburgh, um, which I get a lot of weird looks. Uh, from people um, move you know you're in Burlington why are you moving to Plattsburgh and it's like well I can afford to live here uh, for one um, you're in your wife is local she yeah went, yeah she went she, so she, she went to Plattsburgh yeah um, is how do you feel about Plattsburgh versus Burlington like were you center Burlington like pretty close to Burlington like I, oh I was like in Burlington like Burlington High School graduate okay so yeah, um, you're right in the heart of it yeah so in this um, there's the thing that I love about Plattsburgh is the potential that's here. And it seems like there's just not, it, it's a hidden gem that people don't know about yet. And I love the feeling of being sort of that underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rocky. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, um, always on the, the library steps. Um, but uh, no, the, so there a lot of similarities um, but the biggest difference is, I think, um, it's the, it's the underdog. We're not, you know, we're not a big city, but there's a lot happening that if you're not actively looking for it, you'll miss it. What, uh, how long have you been in the area? Uh, it's going to be eight years in June, 2022. How old are you again? Going to be 30 in May. Okay. So, so you moved over kind of like around college time. So just, you, just after college. Just after. Yeah. Okay. And where'd you go to college? Uh, Vermont Tech. Okay. In Williston. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I love Burlington. I like visiting Burlington. I don't know if it's a place that I would want to fully live, but I do like the I do like certain aspects of Burlington. Sometimes it's a little too hippy-dippy for me, but it's still, I think that's part of the, the culture and part of like the, the charm of Burlington. Um, but yeah, I think that we've heard this before. We've heard, um, you know, 
local politicians or local, you know, I'd say government leaders and obviously just people that work in, in and uh, live in the area that, you know, Plattsburgh is, I think Plattsburgh's best chance of succeeding is if it tries to be Plattsburgh and it tries to be a better version of Plattsburgh. And I think the idea that everybody always compares it to Burlington, I think is an unfair advantage. One, because Burlington, you know, is kind of like a, a I won't say David and Goliath, but in a sense, you could say that. I mean, it's not a it's the, not a major city, but they're, it's a, they're both college. We're both college towns. Mm-hmm. Um, Burlington has like five colleges in it. Yeah, and, and we have the what was it, Clinton and SUNY. That's Clinton SUNY, and and sometimes people you know might kind of a little indirectly, but you could merge in like Adirondack or Paul Smith, so even though they're not technically here, but. They're close enough that I think they're kind of that, that northeastern New York, um, you know, and but I think like, for, you know, obviously Burlington, you got the waterfront, we have the waterfront, and then you look at, you know, different things in regards to, you know, whether it be sports or business or arts or anything like that, like there, everything's about the same, except Burlington's just leveled up, I think, in every single one of those, which is, you know, again, whatever the situation or whatever that might entail at the time. I do think that there's a lot of local pride in Plattsburgh. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that... Um, aren't from again are from the area not from the area so whether you're a townie or an import you live here now and I think that if people see the value and they see the like you just said the possibility and they see the, the um, what Plastic could become and we believe it and we actually put our, like put the actions towards making that a reality I think we'll you know and I, I think I know that will happen and I think right now there's a lot of people more I think there's always been pro Plattsburgh people but I think I think one of the big things right now, and maybe it's just because my age and this is my demographic, but I do think there's a lot of young support that I don't think was there when I was younger, meaning a lot of times kids were like, I'm moving out of this place. And there might still be some of that. Yeah. And I mean, there's, I think there's that everywhere you go. Um, like were there kids that just like, I'm out of Burlington? Absolutely. There's, okay. um, it wasn't like, I'm going to be a lifer here. It's like, um, and I think that's, there's that angst of like i'm gonna leave my hometown and like make something of myself somewhere else but um i think here there's a lot of like this is this is home regardless of like opportunities is they don't want people are gonna stay here do you think that um what what do you think that the fascination is with someone moving out do you think it's part of i do want to go see what's out in the world do you think some of it might be just revolting against the idea that they've been here their whole life. So now I'm going to choose where I want to live. I think there's a mixture of the two and, and neither are right or wrong or anything. Right. It's just... I, I th- well, I think a lot of it's like the storytelling in like movies and whatnot. It's like you hear these stories of actors like living in a small town and then like going out to LA or New York city in or like, Nashville or something. Right. Or yeah. like, like then to become like a country star or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, um, I think it's just, sort of part of growing up is like, I don't want to be here forever. And then, um, but what? now being, being a parent and having kids, it's like, um, I want, I want my parents to have as much time with their grandkids as possible. So the one thing that I, I, I do like about the idea of people leaving and I've seen a lot of people leave and they come back and when they come back, you, I, you know, I typically get excited when people move back to the area because it's like, okay, now they want to reestablish or come back or whatever, or you know, kind of come full circle. But the good thing is if they went away for, say, five years, 10 years, 15 years and came back, they're going out, getting a whole different perspective. And that's twofold. One, maybe the grass wasn't as green 
or maybe it wasn't as green in the sense of what they wanted in life. And again, when you're in your 20s, single, free, you know, I say freedom, but there's nobody's holding you down. It's easy just to pack up and go. And then we're both parents to young children and the idea of, you know, settling down at some point becomes a reality for most people. And then you kind of look at, okay, where do I want to raise a family? Do I want to be in the hustle and bustle of the city or do I want, you know, someplace where I can drive around and I know the people and everything. And I think that's what typically drags people back. But the per the, that say that person or family coming back has had, I think, the benefit of whatever, 5, 10, 15 years. I mean, I never went away, so this wasn't me, but I've seen people that would go away, come back, but now they had the perspective of a city or perspective of the West Coast or perspective of another country, uh, the South, the Midwest, whatever it might be. Um, and I think if they can take some of those experiences and some of those eye-opening things that we maybe don't have, you bring it back here and then we kind of throw it into the pot and you're kind of just stirring this big pot and it's, uh, you know, that's why I love you know, talking to younger people and older people and I think the perspectives are different and, and that's why I'm so bullish on more so than I've ever been, um, meaning I attended Plattsburgh State, but the kids that come to Plattsburgh, um, they come from all walks of life, all different countries, all different parts of the state and in, in, in the world and seeing them come and kind of put their spin and kind of, you know, um, I think bring their bring whatever they can to the table. But I think that the more that we learn and experience and I think the diversity and I think the difference and I think, you know, you know, getting challenged on certain ideas and I think all that brings out the best in everybody. And I think Plattsburgh is starting to get to the point where, you know, coming up against something that wasn't, you know, kind of the, the status quo or something that maybe puts us out of our comfort zone a little bit or something that maybe causes us to think or causes us to have conversations. That's the kind of stuff that's going to grow individually. That's why, like, again, I like the podcast because right. I talk to you. I've talked to, you know, if I put out, what did I say, you were 175. I've had some repeat guests. Let's say I've had 150 guests on the show, 150 different walks of life. Now, most of them upstate New York, but realistically, there's a lot of people that didn't grow up here. And if you really drag it all around, I've had people from all parts of the, the world that have been on the podcast, like where'd you grow yeah. up? Australia, whether it's Taiwan, whether it's China, whether it's Europe, whether it's, you know, right. South, South and, America, it's so cool. And they bring everything here. And that's um, one of the things that I'm excited about from being like here in Plattsburgh, the, being the small college town is if you spend time just in like a coffee shop or just walking around, you will see a whole different groups of of people here, even though we're a small, small city. I think sometimes it gets overshadowed. I think people think that Plattsburgh, and, and don't get me wrong, there's a certain demographic here. I mean, we're upstate New York and that's nothing we could hide, but I think at the end of the day, it's more diverse now than I've ever remember it being, you know, growing up or even five, 10 years ago. Um, but I think the, the amount of things that are going on, I think obviously the, the ability of the internet and I think the mm -hmm. ability of technology and I think the ability for people to move here and work other places, maybe not right. here, but you know, I think that that still allows a lot of people to kind of change and do different, you know, move around. And I, I met a, I met a guy last, last week, last week's Thanksgiving. I met a guy last week, um, was from the area, started talking to him, moved back to the area like a week before. Mm -hmm. Now I didn't recognize the guy, not in a bad way. He went to, um, another school locally. And then I said, Hey, what's your name? He told me his name. And I was, we're kind of talking. I said, he goes, where'd you go to school? I told him, he goes, well, you're to graduate. And I said this, he goes, Oh, me too. And I said, what's your name? And he told me his full name. And I was like, 
oh, we played sports against each other. <laughs> and I only remember because he was a very good player, like basketball player. And uh, so we ended up talking and he had just moved back. And he said he moved back. Um, he's part of a local uh, a local church. And that was kind of his, one of his driving factors to bring him back. But when it comes full circle, he was like, no, nah, I didn't want to move back. Didn't want to move back. Didn't want to move back. And then I finally was like, nah, this is kind of the place I need to be. Um, and it was cool hearing his you know, five minute journey. I mean, obviously like synopsis of his journey, but it was, it was cool seeing like different parts of the country that he went to and he was kind of describing why he went there and came here and then kind of kept, again, full circle back to the area. And while we were talking, someone that was actually a neighbor of his came up and was like, <laughs> Hey, and he's like, Oh my God. And they, they kind of, that was like the first time they'd seen each other probably in 10 years. Right. Yeah. But it was so, so funny that I was like, wow, this is like happening right before my eyes, but it's really cool. And the guy was a super nice guy. So yeah, it, it's, we're glad to have him back. I should say. Yeah. It's, it's funny. And that's, um, and with the whole, you know, I hate to bring up the pandemic and COVID, but in the internet, being able to work for a company elsewhere but still live in the place that you want to live mm-hmm. or still be close to family because it five years ago you were if you were given a job offer in new york city you had to relocate your whole life down to new york city to go trek into this office but now there's companies with remote work where you can work from your bedroom and still live where you want to live yeah, and I think that's important. I think the other thing that we're starting to one for people that the ability to move and um, that one of the podcasts I have lined up, my friend I was telling you about, is like been traveling the world. Like, and, and he can because he has access to computer and Wi-Fi and cell phone and all the all the twenty first century tools um, at our fingertips. But seeing him just be able to pack up now, he doesn't have a family, but he's able to pack up and travel. And he says, I don't, you know, I don't have to work where I lived before I can go and, and experience new things. And I think the other thing I've looked at too, from a more local personal level, what, it, what have you is that even in the office, like, you know, the staff typically comes and works here every single day. But if for some reason, like I like being flexible and obviously with COVID and kids and, and things that happen, it's nice to have the flexibility of like, we're interconnected and I'm always one that I look at work or I look at getting like, I look at work as get what you need done. Just get the task done. I'm not, right. I'm not an hour guy. I'm not like, Hey Emmett, I need you here, here to here. And you got to stay here and work. You, you left 15 minutes early. I, uh, I don't track time. Yeah. I, I don't track <laughs> no, time. No, that's awesome. And I, I, for myself, I mean, I say that I live by my calendar, but I'm saying if it takes me an hour to do a project, I don't need to spend three hours sitting at the desk. Meaning I, right. I, I'm task oriented. I'm not time oriented. I'm time, time directs me, I guess. Time keeps, gives me a compass, but it's not necessarily or a metric, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't drive what I do every day. I don't look at something and say, I got to work for an hour. I might give myself two hours just because of other stuff I need, but I'm like, okay, I'm doing this task. And same thing with, with, you know, the, the girls in the office, it's, you know, they find, you know, obviously we have a certain time that we have to be responsive to the clients, but at the end of the day, cell phone, internet, I've had some, I've put some of the biggest deals together or some of the hardest deals together, whatever the case might be, like right. not in town, like yeah. on vacation, traveling at my house, on the golf course, I've done it skiing, uh, not to say that I'm always doing these things, but I'm saying <laughs> this is other stuff. I mean, I work a lot here and I work a lot, you know, but in the car, walking around, I mean, cause it's. People don't, you don't really have, offices are very mobile nowadays. Right. And I mean, I remember you called me at like nine o'clock one night cause you're like, 
you had like an update on a contract or whatever. Was, um, and I know you were the same hours as me as a, as a, yeah, yeah. As a father of three young children. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, that's a whole nother whole other thing is having three kids under five and trying to work, work a full-time job to keep money coming in, but also transition it, trying to transition careers into, mm-hmm. um, Working remote for a tech company where the salaries are more than what I'm making now, and and probably something you enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's like, um, and that and that's the whole reason. So basically, the whole story for me getting into um, tech in coding in building websites and web apps is um, it's it's my kids. It's knowing that if I am able to provide for them doing something that I enjoy doing, I will be able to do it forever mm-hmm. and be able to provide for them forever. And the idea of them missing out on an opportunity because we don't have the cash mm-hmm. breaks my heart. Or like, time. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, um, yeah, there's a lot of things where it's like, Hey, I would love to do this right now, but can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, it's like like traveling now that COVID's so slowly starting to get. It's like I would love to, but I have three kids. One of them's in school full time now, mm-hmm. so that's huge limit on um, on access to time and travel. Well, I think I mean the, the so the kid thing. Um, so your your kids are how old? So five, three, and gonna be ten months. Five, three, and ten. Okay. So wait, his birthday was what, February or January? The youngest. Uh, February. Okay. So we're very so, similar. I know. Yeah. So five, three. So my son was turning four this month. My daughter's turning three in May, and my son is turning one in January. So I know we had our youngest are about the. So, Similar, so you're, you have three, four, and under. I technically have three under four. So, and the thing is that my youngest was born when my oldest was three years and two weeks old. The right. birthdays are two weeks apart. Right. Three, three years and two right. weeks apart. So, um, so yeah, he's going to turn four, and two weeks later, my son turns one. So we really right. have three kids in three years, uh, almost to the date. And uh, and I, it's kind of one where I, you know, you get as a parent, there's no. You don't know what to do. There's no. I didn't read anything. I didn't watch anything. I just honestly winged it. And but I think you do that in life. You just. I mean, it, as a parent, you just wing it. I mean, there's no perfect way. The way I I do things is different. The way you do things right. it just fits our schedule. The one the best advice I've ever given to parents, and probably the only advice I'd ever give to parents, is just do what works best for you because yeah. there's no perfect way. Right. And don't give a shit what people say how you're parenting. I mean, unless. Um, Provided you're not abusive, then you right. can do whatever the hell you want. Because right. Yeah, it's... and that's um, that's actually one of the um, communities that I help run is I started a um, a community for dads that code. I love it. And uh, yeah, and it, um, code dads. It's it, it, we call it coder dads. It's a Slack channel right now. Um, I'm like two two issues into a newsletter out, and um, we're at, we're at like 200 members right now. So a pretty a pretty connected community. Yeah, and and a lot of it is us being like, I have this project idea I want to get out. I don't have time for it. 
because <laughs> my kids are all over the place yeah. and um and that's and that's just that's just life that's just you ha- you can have all the ideas and like you could you could have the next you know facebook or instagram idea in your head but if you don't have time to commit to it well and that's not a ba- that's not a bad thing no and it's so so i was a weird child and I say child, young adult, whatever the case might be. Um, I've talked about before about like staying home from school, not going into debt, all that stuff. And um, I mean, now I look at it, I'm like, thank God I did to go with that route. But the other route was I got into real estate because I knew that real estate would allow me to schedule my time. Because, and again, I thought about this when I was 20. I, hadn't, I didn't have a kid for almost 10 years. But I knew I was going to have kids at some point in my life. And my father was in real estate. And I, and I mean, still is, but... Um, I just could see his ability to never miss anything because he could block stuff out. He was very good. I don't. I can probably count on one hand how many times he missed a function, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be sports or school related or whatever the case might be. And I was like, you know what? I want to be able to do that same thing. Like my, right. if I have to be there for my kid, my kid's sick. I'm sick. They, they have a project, a school thing, a sporting event. I want to make sure that I'm there. You're never missing your kid's soccer game. No, and I don't. And I don't want to ask somebody to go to my kid's soccer game. Right. And there's two things. One, I want I had to get in a career where I could be my own boss. Now, the second portion of it is I also wanted to be in a career at a certain level in my career. When that time came, I could say no to op- I could say no to stuff, knowing that I could I wasn't going to miss out. And I spent I'm still doing this, so it doesn't stop. But I spent over the last five years working countless hours, countless times. Um, I would say longer hours than I do now in work mode um, to give me the point where I could afford the leverage so when I had kids that I could see my family more. So I find that now um, one of the things that I focus more on in my life than prob- than a- most things very, very, very near the top is my work-life balance. And my work-life balance, again, three kids, now two – well, one, I want to see my kids. Right. Two, if I didn't see my kids, my wife probably wouldn't be with me. I, I absolutely love her, and, and, and uh, um, some days the, the feelings mutual. But the the idea that um, you know she stays at home with the kids, and I don't want to be the parent that's not there helping and, and kind of tag teaming the the, the the parenting rules. So um, that's that's something that's you know extremely important to me. Is I try not to do stuff in the evening and try not to do stuff on the weekends. Cause that's really the time I want to make sure that I can relieve my wife and, or just see my kids and that, and, and sometimes, um, but it took a lot of time and effort and a lot of upfront work and a lot of sacrifice in the beginning. And I'm still trying to do that. But now my mindset is how can I leverage more for myself? But then I also want to build up, um, build up well the, the organization, but build up for the agents and build up for the staff where they can also have leverage. And it's not just me. Like I can get build my leverage, but it's like I'd rather build leverage for myself and others. So I'm trying to come up with um, basically the system. And now I'm trying to work at a larger scale where, you know, agents or staff don't have to miss out on stuff because we have, you know, we're, we're uh, able to kind of fill in or we're able to kind of help each other out or able to have enough resources where people don't have to be overworked or people don't have to be over time consumed. Um, because... Like I said, you know, work the work life balance for me is a major thing, and real at least my my comp or my industry, 
there's a ton of burnout, there's a ton of divorce rates, there's high you know health risks, there's high stress levels, there's high anxiety levels, um, and it's part of the nature of the business as you get more into it. I know that. I knew that going into it. I knew that as I experienced it through others. I I, I would say that you've all. you've seen it. You've I, seen I mean, those I, stats. Like my yeah, my, my yeah. top two stats are stress and anxiety because right. I just feel like I got a million things going on and I'm trying to kind of make sure things are good. But um, but there's certain things you have to punt. Like right now, not not a big fan of it, but I don't get as, as much time to work out as I did before. I don't get as much time to work on the business as I wanted to. I don't get as much sleep as I wish I had. I don't eat as well as I, now some of that stuff is like, okay, why don't you should be doing that first? And like, yes, I realize that, yeah. Yeah. but you're probably like me. You wake up, kids work, home kids work. And by the time they go to bed, I'm so mentally exhausted at the end of the night. The last thing I want to do is work more exercise or do something that requires a lot of effort. I'm pretty much like, let me just like hang out with my, hang out with my wife for like an hour, hour and a half, maybe. And then if, if you make it that far without falling asleep. Yeah. And yeah. there's some days you just like are done. Like, I'm so, and, and that doesn't include like them going to bed and me spending, you know, 15 to 30 minutes tidying up some stuff, prepping for the next day. I mean, it's, I would say most days for me, it's sometime early in the morning to nine, nine thirty at night before I'm, I'm, I'm like done. off the clock. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and that's, that's Monday through Friday and, and weekends. Like, but honest, weekends aren't, aren't really days off with no, kids. I know. And I, that's the, and I think that now I, I guess question for you, cause I've rambled on enough about this, but how do you manage the fatigue of it? This is more of a selfish dad question I'm asking. <laughs> how do you manage the fatigue of three children as you know they're all moving they're all they're all busy they're all 100% dependent on you and your wife and it's not like they're you know they can't make food yet you know they might be able to go grab a snack and open a package but it's yeah so so luckily we're, we're, we're past that stage they can open the pantry door get the snacks they need and that way but there's also times where it's like hey dad I made cereal like I went like I went to like went upstairs to grab something and come just down. Just went to the bathroom really quick, came back. And right, no go for her. Well, they're like, "Yeah, I made cereal." I'm like, "Where? Like, <laughs> where? Yeah. where, where? And they like, they're like, "Follow me." And then it's like an adventure to be good. like, um, "Well, I, I sent you that picture. It was like week two in the in our new house, and um, uh, my kid, my two kids, we um, they come." flying into the living room and they're like hey dad i'm sorry and then they just stopped talking and i was like what's going on they were quiet for like 10 minutes and i i just i just walk into our little half bath off the kitchen and there's just water everywhere and underneath the the sink there's these two drawers that we had all these towels in they were full to the brim with water. <laughs> five five minutes, five minutes of. And you wonder how they even could manage that. Right, right. I, you like, and I probably couldn't manage that in five minutes. No, you, you could tell me to fill these drawers with water. Yeah, I couldn't do it. We probably think about it too much. They just yeah. went up and just like turn the faucet, boom. And, um, but yeah. So the the fatigue, I think it. It's, it's something you have to laugh about. It's a mental fatigue. It's, right. It's not it's, physical. Cause, no. Like, I can move around with the kids. It's just mental. You're just burnt. You're done. Right. And the, the, like, the last thing I want to have to like pick up or clean up after cleaning the living room for the 30th time today mm-hmm. is like a, a mess that they made because they didn't ask for the thing they wanted. Yeah. Or, um, 
or it's 1030 and both all three of the kids are still up and mm-hmm. it's like, I just want to sleep. Um, yeah, I think that, so the, the selfish dad answer is you just have to roll with it. Yeah. Um, the expectations are low. It's like get, survive. Yeah. And it's, um, so one of the things that I've been doing is I've, when I get a minute or so is meditation and breathing exercises. Okay. Um, so there's a ton of apps for it. Um, and it's just simple, like simple, just like in out breathing with your eyes closed when like nobody's around. Like, so like if you're in your car after a call or something, Mm -hmm. or like you're on your like way home, just sit down or you can even do it walking just five deep breaths. So do you you meditate a lot? Uh, I'm getting into it more. Yeah. So I, 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 kid you not if you look through my my riffraff of paperwork over there um one of the things i'm pretty close to starting and i say starting meaning it's not like this is like close now it's like i've been thinking it's there is i do think i'm gonna have to start doing it one because of anxiety issues but i think two because of like just quieting my mind and organizing and thinking because i find that a lot of my my work right now is think work it's like it's me- it's mental it's mental just thinking and when when you talk about you know 2 3 hours of trying to be super focused and think through a problem i can work 3 to 5 hours in a day just like that and i'm burnt like my mind mm-hmm. is just mush absolutely and that doesn't include the conversations where you're like me i'm on i'm talking to people and answering questions and explaining stuff and trying to f- problem solve that so like i don't have a physically hard business i have a mentally hard business so meditation to me, it would be a chance to just to like quiet, take a step back. And I think some of it would allow me to kind of process stuff a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is there a specific type of meditation? How long do you so, do it? Or is it more just the deep breaths? So, so for me right now, it's just the deep breaths to mm-hmm. sort of, one, to sort of keep the, um, the, the mental fatigue from turning to anger. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are times where you want to lash out at your kids or your wife or like your coworker for something that's like completely like they it's, looked at you the wrong way. It's not. Yeah. It's not a bad, big deal. Yeah. Um, like in, but that look that they gave you at that time, just it's a trigger. Right. Yeah. And that can switch to rage fairly quickly. If you've been up multiple times in the night and like your kids didn't sleep well the night before, and then you're in a stressful meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now it's the deep breaths, but um, I grabbed the um, the Headspace Black Friday deal. Okay. Um, and working through that, and the, there's so much content. Like you could probably take the rest of the month off and ju- just meditate while you're here, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't even be through a ten percent of it. Um. So the one that I was looking at, and again, I think this is a little bit more involved, so I probably can take baby steps into it. Is like transcendental men. Transcendental medica- meditation, medication, meditation. <laughs> well, that's the they call it TM, but I, yeah. my wording's terrible. Um, and I kind of looked at that, and then I think there's um, there's a couple ones that are a little bit less less time. I've tried doing Headspace in the past. I, mm. I did it uh, probably about four or five years ago. Um, tried to do it in the morning for ten minutes. I did find that I had a tendency to like fall back asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I was like sitting, I was like, okay, I'm just like getting really tired. But I think um, the deep breath aspect, I 
definitely do, even though I think it's not it's subconsciously. Or right. the, well, or, that's the whole. I think the whole practice of it is whatever it, it's the it's the parenting thing. Whatever works for you will work. Yeah. And even just taking that time away to be like, okay, I have this to do today, just to sort of take that almost like gut check. Mm-hmm. So you're not just running through your day, um, just to get through the day. Um, what like sometimes, like you said, when I get sometimes the kids are too much, and it's, mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to be the parent to lash out at my kid. Uh, not not like the my kid can do no wrong. Absolutely not. My kids do stuff every day, where I'm like, dude, like you can't do that. But. What I'm saying is I don't want to – my kids are young. I don't want to lash out at my kids to scare them. Right. And I think there's a, there's a balance there where if I get in their face and I'm yelling at them, in my mind, if I'm a little three, four-year-old kid and now my mom my, – or not this case, my mom or dad. But in this case, my dad who I love, have you know respect. He's my idol. He's everything. He's now towering over me, yelling at me. Like I play this in my mind. Like that as a kid – I, I think could be detrimental. Absolutely. So I, and I'm very conscious of that. So when it's like they're doing something wrong, it's like, especially when I feel that I'm like starting to lose it because mm-hmm. I'm aware enough to know like, okay, I, I, I will get up. I will completely walk to the other side of the house. Like I literally will walk to the other side of the house. Now I might walk past my wife and drop a couple, um, a couple uh, profanities and, and, you know, you kind of uh, spew that way, but it's not in front of the kids. And a lot of it is just like, bringing myself down my heart rate down my just like just some deep breaths and just kind of like sometimes i close my eyes sometimes i'm just like okay i just need a second and i just get a deep breath and i will just go back in and there's a couple times i've done that in a 15 minute period like three times the kids are just like having these tantrums it's like okay i just got to get away from the situation and then i so well and those are the places where like it's at the store when your kid has that meltdown yeah how you react in that situation, way different than in your house, in your living room. Mm-hmm. And I, I view the like out at the store meltdowns. That's when the breathing kicks in. Cause you can, you can see, you know, when your kids had a long day, mm-hmm. the last thing they want to do is run to the grocery store and get, you know, whatever it is. Um, and like that can be the straw that breaks the camel's back that makes your kid miserable for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. and it's dealing with those interactions first. Well, again, I I always look at kids as they're young, they don't know, they don't know how to control their emotions, they're not doing, well, con- and they also don't have control of their time either. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. um, we're we're going through this with um, a three year old. Is he, you know. I get dropped off at work, kid get oldest gets dropped off at school, and then it's like he's in and out of the car. He doesn't have a he doesn't want to go. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to have to sit in the car to drop me off at work. Or, you know, drop brother off at school and then come home and then a few hours later have to get back in the car and go pick him up. Yeah. And he was having all of these tantrums because he's three and he yeah. can't and he doesn't have the language to be like, let me pick what we do. Mm-hmm. And so, or the authority, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, he can stand. He'll stand in front of you and yell at you that he doesn't want to go. Yeah. But it's like, but guess what? I can still pick you up, kid, and put you in the car seat. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's um, 
and these are these are like the stories that happen all the time in like the coder dads community is like my three-year-old's doing this my kid's doing that or and even like celebrating like the wins like kid placed first in the spelling bee Mm -hmm. or um my kid is interested in what i do every day and like we built a little app that we use at home or um and it's so nice to have a that community of like that group of people that you can be like parenting's hard and them looking at you going yeah i i get it and there's no judgment there there's just like yeah, I know. It's... I, I was actually I uh, and the girl was great. I, I just I actually had to run to a store today, so I'm ready to check out. And her dad's there, and he's holding her in his arms. She's got a she's wrapped around her, you know. She's mm-hmm. got a hugging dad, and uh, you know I would say that dad's a few years older than me, maybe late thirties. The daughter's probably six, something like that. Um, and she was, you know. But you notice other kids, you notice, like, I notice parents, especially dads with kids. Yeah. Um, and you kind of look at it and you're just like, there's like a softer spot because it's kind of like, I get it. It's way easier for me to run to the store and pick this up than it is for you to get her out of the car seat, bring her in, hold her, keep her entertained, do what you got to do, get back in, put her back. Like, it becomes a longer process. But then you watch, like, the interaction. Now, she was a very good kid, but if it, like, had she acted up, it's like... There's something that, depending on the father or mother, that could be something where, you know, it just ends up being another thing they have to deal with. Where for me, it was fine. I was just chilling there. Um, but I look at something like that. Like, had that situation been worse, my empathy for that father would have been like, dude, I, I get it, man. Like, don't worry. Nobody's judging you. Like, do your right. thing. And people that judge people with kids, especially young kids, you know, it's like, either haven't had kids like if you've had if you've had kids you typically don't judge people that have had kids because you're like right. i remember being there and i right. find that most people that have had kids are super supportive i have some very good friends that you know don't have kids yet and i don't think those friends see all the responsibilities and all the you know the energy that parenting takes out of you and I don't think you will until you have kids. I didn't until I had right. kids. And then you kind of worked your way into it. And then now I have three as you. It's like, oh, okay. This just got leveled up like big time. Yeah. Like I'm more tired now than I've ever been. And it's not, yeah. even, it's not even close. Yeah. And it's, and you're probably, but you're, the sleep you're getting is probably the best sleep you've gotten in your. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's the best, but I manage it pretty damn well. Like, yeah, it's just, it's not good. I wake up multiple, I, if I sleep through the night without having to wake up from the time I like want to go to bed to the time like I want to get up, very rare. Yeah. I'm waking up at some point. My wife's waking up. My wife wakes up more than I do because she's the <laughs> youngest. But um, yeah, I mean, it's every night you're waking up or something. Right. And it could just simply be I just got to go to the bathroom. You just got to right. bring them to the bathroom and help well, them there. So. Well, it, or, it's, or it's not even that. It's you wake up because they haven't woken up. Have you, have you had those? Um, I, I, I've, I have these... <sighs> Like, I'll wake up in a panic sometimes and be like, it's 4 a.m. and they haven't woken me up yet. No. The only time I, I'm a very deep sleeper, I do get woken up by my kids because they'll like, be like, Dad, they'll start screaming. But um, I'm a, if nobody wakes me up, I can sleep like, like with the best of them. But the one thing that is like if I – it's 8 o'clock and like my like two boys aren't up yet, my daughter will sleep all day. But my two boys, I'll be like – 
they, they okay. Like, yeah. and then like my daughter goes past her normal time. I'm like, go check on her. And tonight she's just passed right out. I'm like, I'm just going to let her sleep. And you know, but then sometimes you're just like, uh, it's a little later than she normally gets up. It's, you okay? And you almost want to go wake them up, but right. they might just be like, hey, I just need extra sleep. Right, yeah. So or, there is a little bit of that, but I get more nervous when they go past when they should get up. No, no, no. Evening, I, 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 I don't have, I have the exact opposite issue is my kids are up 6 a.m. at like the latest, like in like ready to go. Like 6 a.m. Yeah. They're like, you got me on that one. They're like, they're like, come downstairs, let's have breakfast. Um, I want to watch some ridiculous show on YouTube or whatever. And they're like 100% ready to go, fully recharged. It's like, and they've been up a couple times in the night too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't get it. The, uh, so going into the switching gears to, uh, coding. Um, so talk about coding. What is it? what you know what your involvement is in that what like kind of the nuts and bolts of like what you what you deal with or what you like so, to do so so i came to to coding through um through through podcasts um and it was always something that i sort of like always shook off so like um you remember myspace right i no, i remember i never had one but you, yes, you never had one okay no. um so anyway what myspace let you do is they let you completely code your your like page so like if you wanted a blue background mm -hmm. you could you it would open up a little editor and you would type the code that you needed to get a blue background for your myspace page and you could change the font color you could change all of that stuff was when that, i was that early myspace or was that like the actual MySpace? that was actual myspace so like the height so, of myspace they height of myspace that. they let you design your page how you wanted okay which is which is crazy to think about now because like Facebook and Instagram, they don't let you touch really anything. Mm -hmm. Like you can't change the background color without, um, without so, breaking something. Yeah. It's always uh, going to be blue. And so right. Gonna be the, yep. right. There, there's always going to be that brand logo. Um, so I sort of shook that off. I was like, Oh, that's, you know, that's cool. And then, um, I was working as a janitor being able to listen to podcasts. And then I was like, I'm going to give this coding thing a shot. Because my background's in electrical engineering, and the biggest thing for me to that stopped me from that is startup costs. Mm -hmm. To build to build electronics, it was you need to buy the parts and all the tools and all of this stuff to get up and running. With coding, you need a laptop and a decent internet connection, and that can be going to Starbucks or going to your local coffee shop or whatever. And from there, there's there's tons of free resources. There's paid courses if you work better that way. But for me, it was being able to create stuff that I wanted to see in the world, but like online. So it's creating that your presence online, but I own all of it. So, and again, I, this is where my technology, I'm just like very tech dumb. It The idea that when you code something, it's a it's a series of, of symbols or a series of you know letters and symbols. Yeah. So, and stuff. so there, there there's a link. So there's a language that the computer can read. And this is universal. You, so relative to so like a, a Microsoft or iOS or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, most of the stuff I do is um, 
it's 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 javascript which works pretty much you know it's how facebook works it's how twitter works it's how instagram works it's all um like when you go to facebook that's all front end um web development and that's all in in javascript um and there's there's a bunch of other languages too but i mostly focused on the like the front end the html css which is the styling um and my whole thing was so I, I built my own my website, and then that piece of the internet, my that domain name, emmettnaughton.com, I own that, and I can put whatever content I want up there. I can share as much or as little as I want. I can share projects that I built, or um, like I can share this episode of the podcast, and I own that. That doesn't go away. So like. That's the thing that I really like about the web is if you have this domain name, it's yours. It's not like, like, what if Facebook and Instagram went away? Just think about that for a minute. How would that affect your business? If Facebook and Instagram? Yeah. Oddly enough, I would, I mean, I'm very active on both. I would love for it to go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, the reason, but the reason being is, a normal person, no, but I think one of the things that I've been able to do over the last few years is diversify into certain different aspects and certain different, um, sometimes like you might think I'm on too much, but right. I'm, if I'm everywhere and something goes away, it's like, it's like investments. I diversified my investment. Right. I diversified my, my brand presence. So, right. Right. But so think about how many people are invested in only Instagram. No, absolutely. Or, That's what I'm saying. Like selfishly, I wouldn't. Ca I right. really wouldn't care because it'd probably be a competitive advantage for me. But I'm saying at the end of the day, yes, a lot of people use both. So if, if right. I if one of those are both, your Instagram influencers are gone. Your your a lot of a lot of people their business page or website right. is Facebook. Right. It's a it's yeah. a Facebook.com slash my business. Yep. I mean, my my Facebook and, business page is run through. I do own GaleandTrombley.com, but everything that I have right now as my main source is Facebook. Right. It's like my main personal right. website. But like that's, and, and that's sort of the scary thing to think about is like if that all went away, like a lot of people would be hurting if they don't oh, have absolutely. their, if they don't have their own. I think more on, actually I don't know, Facebook, I would think more on Instagram, but at the end of the day, Facebook is used so much more by everybody in the world. Right. I would say Facebook's still gonna be the bigger one. Right. I mean, they're, they're owned. It's all it was the same. It's yes. all Facebook, but it's, all it's uh, <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, it's for me, it's owning, own, having my own website to be able to share what I'm working on or just in case these platforms that we've spent so much time on, like it would probably be good for everyone if these platforms went away and you just had to rely on your website mm -hmm. and then, rely on people just like discovering your website from like a Google search. But, um, but yeah, the coding stuff is for me, it was the accessibility part of it. You need a laptop. doesn't matter what the specs are. You just need in a lot of, so it's coding in like a text editor. So there's a bunch of, uh, Microsoft has VS code, which is a free code editor that they have. And there's, countless YouTube videos of like creating like your first even like web page. And then from there the you you can get it hosted somewhere. 
And so like my website, it costs me the um, price of the domain name every year. So it's like 10 bucks a year. And then since it's statically generated, so it's just a bunch of files. It's just a bunch of text document files in a folder. And then that gets served up on a server somewhere. And then when you go to my website, it pulls up on your, on your phone or device. Um, which, which platform website, et cetera, if it was completely gone tomorrow would be the most detrimental to the world. Oof. Um, I have, I have a guess, but I want to hear what you say first. I think you're going to be way more in tune with it than me. Um, and I would say, when I say company, this is the entire organization. It's, um, it's not like just one thing of a company. It's everything. I would say if Amazon was to disappear tomorrow, it would be detrimental. And think, I hate saying that. So You think Amazon? Just give me your... So, again, so, I don't know. So, so, I don't have a right and, answer to this. And, and Amazon has... They have Amazon where you can go and buy everything. Mm-hmm. You can buy whatever the heck you want. You can find it. Two days shipping, it'll be at your house. But Amazon also does so much for tech in web, web development. Mm-hmm. So there are times where like Facebook went down. It's because Amazon's web servers went down. That broke Facebook. That broke Instagram. That broke Twitter. That broke. So when you say say it again, like Amazon Web. Um... So Amazon Web Services, AWS. Okay, what is that? So that's Amazon's web, like web platform. So they do. So like you can host your, you could host Galen Trombley on it. You could host, do all your podcast hosting on it. So when you say hosting, like I host this through a uh, through a uh, website, right? That I could get through Amazon. Yeah. And again, this might sound, I've never, I don't really understand this. No. So this is, now, why would it be detrimental to Facebook? Because they just choose to use that. As so they fun. use that as sort of like their, the back end host. So there's, there's front end, which is like what you see when you go to Facebook. And then there's all this stuff happening behind the scenes that is run on servers all over the world. And, but Amazon also has like, like their door locks in Alexa. When AWS goes down, those products don't work anymore. So, so you could be locked out of your house. So how come, how come, how come Facebook doesn't have their own web service? How come? Because I'm thinking like tech people. Why would like me? I know why I have a platform for this that hosts it. Because I have no clue what I'm doing beyond right. that. If, if you had to build your own way to get this out to the world. Mm-hmm. It would be very rather difficult. It probably it probably yes, would, the it t- probably podcast wouldn't, wouldn't happen exactly. Right. So, Facebook being a massive company that's tech, these people understand it, or Twitter or whatever. Why would they go through AWS versus just doing it themselves? Because there are some, just like you um, would hire a plumber to fix the plumbing in your house. Like, sure, you could figure out how to do it, but. So Amazon is that superior at the, on this front versus everybody else. Like who would who would be a what would be an alternative to AWS? So there there are smaller companies out there. Um, I mean we're still talking billion dollar evaluation companies, mm-hmm. but it's just that 
Amazon has been doing a lot of that stuff since the beginning. So this web.com back in the nineties and all that. Right. So like eight, like AWS, it runs their warehouses. It runs their, all of their software runs through this stuff and they have experts and a lot of people working on this problem. So they, okay. So, cause I know Amazon started out selling books online. Like right. that's how I remember Amazon starting was like, they're selling books and I was like, that's kind of dumb. We got a borders. We can just go buy or, or right. barn. Yeah. Borders. And now, now, now the nearest borders is they're bankrupt. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, but and I love that. I absolutely love bookstores, but I think the whole idea at the time was, okay, nobody's going to buy books online. And then they did. And then right. they just said they're going to buy everything online. So the web, the AWS was one that started kind of doing just the e-commerce site. Mm-hmm. That grew, that grew, that grew, that grew. And then they ended up saying, hey, now we're going to bring on major companies and run their whole back end on the web presence, like with that web presence. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and they also have the money to be able to do that. Is AWS the most... Is that the biggest portion of Amazon? I'm assuming that'd be bigger than their retail. I say retail, but the, oh, I that that I do not know. Because um, you think like when it gets to tech, but you're talking about like you almost you can see it, but you can't see it. So it's a lot mm-hmm. of background stuff that has a bigger impact than them shipping me, you know, a new mug or something or because, a new book right. that I wanted to order. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know because I think there's. I mean, Amazon does so much for better or for worse, um, and. Well, that goes, that even goes to like, so many companies have pivoted before you even knew, like they pivoted and now they're this big, massive company before. So, you know, you know, my answer was going to be, and now thinking about it and kind of figuring out like there's alternatives. I was going to say Google. The reason I was saying Google, because obviously you have the search engine, because We didn't really grow up with Google, but there's other search engines like Bing. So I mean, you'd have to take away search engines. So then you would have to like learn by asking questions or reading or, you know, or encyclopedias. Right. But, um, but now thinking about it, if Google left, cause now I'm thinking like, if we woke Gmail, up tomorrow and, and Google of, wasn't here, well, yeah, you'd G- find alternatives. Gmail, there, there's alternatives. Yeah. So now, so I'm going to, I'm going to back out of that. Cause I was thinking as but, you start explaining, I'm like, yeah, that, but Google also owns Android. So, I mean, it wouldn't break my heart because I'm an Apple guy, but, yeah. but I mean, yeah, but that, that's the, that's the whole other, um, thing. There's so much that relies on sort of third party companies that you probably don't think about. Well, that's the thing you got to go deep. Like, so, so there, there were stories of this last, um, was it a couple months ago when Facebook was like down for like, yeah, a day for like a day. Um, a lot of that. There was also times where some parts of Amazon the web services went down, and people got locked out of their apartments because, because they, they had, had a ring or they had something. They, they had a ring that in ring couldn't connect to the internet, and then the ring was like, "I'm I'm in a locked state. You can't come in." Mm-hmm. And they have like they have locks now that you don't even get a key. They just expect your internet to be working or the power to be on. So. Well, even in our business, we have, we like real estate gets more techy and I, trust me, I, yeah. I, I embrace tech. I'm not, I'm not, a, I think people think I know more about tech than I do. I really don't know a ton. I just Google and YouTube, but, um, or Google and YouTube, what I don't know or what I want to know, but the amount of times, especially knowing our area rural, we don't have the service. 
I still rely a lot on pen and paper. I still mm-hmm. rely on jotting notes down. Um, you know, I, I know people are like, oh, I'll go to you know your house and I'll use my iPad or my laptop. And I'm like, I don't want to do that because then my thing is if I show up at your house and you don't have internet, I can't connect to internet. You have like, there's no Bluetooth. There's no, you know, I don't want to rely on that and then say, right. oh shoot, I can't do my job. So me, I'm always like, you know what? I yeah, just, there, there's places up here, and that's the. Um, there's places up here that don't have internet. Like you can't get the company oh, to come. Yeah, they can't. And, you can't get the line out. Yeah. Like you can't. Like they're there for some whatever reason they can't run a line to your house to give you internet. And to me, like that's like that's crazy. But it's that's how things are. And that's well, and that's the thing when people I, I find a lot of times they'll shit on like technology and all this new tech. I'm like, most people when they think of tech, they think of Facebook. They think of the social media. They right. think and I'm like. You do realize that majority of your life is run by tech, like right. majority of it, and stuff yeah. that you don't even know about is run by tech, right. and you don't know it until you finally realize, like, well, if all technology, like bad technology is bad, then the gazillion things that you do, you know, I'm, I, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm gonna generalize here for a sec, but say like an older generation that grew up with it and it's, a, a, you know, doesn't want to change, and like, oh, I can't, all the stuff I wish was simpler. It's like. Well, one, everything evolves, and right. it, human history will always evolve. So I'm not fighting what's what's inevitably going to happen, but the idea of you know that all this stuff, all this new technology, like you you have to embrace it because it's it's literally every single thing we do, down to scheduling, down to I mean, you look at schools, you look at medicine, you look at you know just cars, you look at you know well G- just G- the, GPS, well, how to get supply around chain. Right. GPS. I couldn't even, we were down, we were, we, left, we were gone this past weekend and uh, there's no way I would have been able to make that trip without GPS. Right. And because, or I know I would have, it took twice as long because I'm stopping at every intersection asking which way do I go. Right. You know, and, and then, uh, you know, take that off. Then, it, then you even get down to the point of like, crap, where's the nearest state, like gas station or where's the nearest restaurant or where's the nearest X, Y, Z. Yeah. Hey, where's the? I gotta stop for. Uh, I need something for my car. Where's the closest auto body shop? Well, yeah, go that way. Take a left. Go right. And you're like, okay. And you, but like, like around here, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, in a city, you can't do but that. Like, like go if, seven blocks down. Take if, a left. If I get, if I gave you a New York City address and said, hey, we have a meeting at eleven mm-hmm. tomorrow, I'd leave right now. <laughs> well, the, watch. I want to. I'd hire a. I'd hire a Sherpa to walk me through the streets of. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bring me right to the promised land. But I think. I think the, uh, you know, the GPS put the idea of, remember back in the day, map, map quest is probably yeah. still a thing. Yeah. You print out the, so. But you miss, you're off a road. Now you're two roads over. And like, how do I get back on that road? Right. You know, it's like, it was done. As soon as you made a wrong turn, that thing was useless. Unless you right. knew could backtrack back to the road you're at. Right. Or then you end up in like some place where you don't feel safe and whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Been, been there, done that. Yeah. I'm I've, not going to ask those yeah characters over there <laughs> right yeah it's a little yeah, sketchy the, but the, yeah the whole um yeah the the yankees are in the in that weird alleyway um but yeah so it i mean tech is there's it's there for everybody um if there's stuff that you want if you want to build gorgeous websites it's there you can do that and all you all you need is a laptop decent internet connection that's it in nowadays, pretty much everybody has that. You also have your smartphone. You can code on your smartphone. 
I'm assuming easier to code on a laptop. Absolutely. Yeah, just yeah. Time, from a yeah. time perspective. Um, it's kind of like I, I hate sending even emails from my phone because I'm like, ugh, like misspelling, right. rechecking, and it's you got to scroll around. Um, so when you talk about coding, like what do you focus on when you code? Is it mostly website building? Is it, like you said, you have the code dads, but do you start, you know, and I think you've talked about some projects you were kind of working on. Yeah, yeah. So um, one of my the last freelance project I did, it was for a company that um, they did sort of blockchain um, like contracts, like smart contracts where you would get, um, I'd be able to send you basically a contract saying, Hey, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then if you didn't agree on X, you could change it and send it back to me without printing, reprinting or sending multiple emails. Um, anyway, so that company, um, I worked with an illustrator and a designer. We built out this whole rebrand for this site and I did the front end code for that. And then um, working with the the team there at the company, they signed off on it. Um, that, was, and that, that was our website. When you went to their website, that's what it was. Everything that I coded was there. Um, and then they actually got acquired by DocuSign because of the tech that they were building behind this. Um, so that like there's the there's the marketing like landing page like when you go to a website to see what they're about, mm -hmm. and then there's their their product. Their product got bought by DocuSign. Just the product page technology, or no? The, so the, their whole the whole tech, the whole all the IP for that company got bought. Okay. So and it's actually, and then DocuSign completely changed the website that I built for them for this company. Because that company technically doesn't exist anymore. They're under the parent company of DocuSign now. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mostly do front end. So building building websites that you would see and interact with. Um, how long would it take to make a what you would consider a functional website? Um, well, I, I mean, again, that's all. It all comes down to like what the client wants. Like, would you want to be so? For my personal website, it's it's a blog. Mm -hmm. So, um, and there's so the cool thing about a lot of open source technology. So this is open source tech where you can go in, you can look at the code, you can edit the code how do you want it, and then create your website that way. So I took a an open source project, edited the colors and sort of how the links worked and boom, I had a website, but from, and from scratch, it's all, it's all sub subjective. So like you said, there's kind of a written language. So you're in JavaScript. If you want to make like, what would be something you would code and like, how would you code it? So like a very basic one-on-one of coding. So we call this like the hello world. Mm -hmm. So it's basically like you make sure that, you put like a button on the page, and then when I click that button, it you see the words "Hello World," mm -hmm. and that's that goes back to a very early early Mac. I mean, that was a yeah yeah. Well, the, well, the, the Mac launch. Yeah, um, even before that, but like the Hello World is sort of the basic introduction to um, getting something working. So this is the same in electronics. You get an you get a light bulb blinking, you get an LED blinking, or 
in software. It's hell, you get hello world to print out on the screen and that's how you know that your project's working. Um, but yeah, and it's as simple from everything from just, like I said, just to put your name on a, to appear on like your web, in your web browser to everything like, like a Facebook or an Instagram. Um, that's all, that's all coded. So if you to want, if you want to put Emmett on a page where like when Emmett, uh, clicked and the only thing that showed up was your full name, like how would you code that? Um, mouth, mouth, uh, mouth blogging here, but, um, so it would be, you would have to, so that's HTML. And then if you wanted, which is like the structure. So like, I want, I want, you know, my name to show up on the page. I type it, you know, so it's an H1 tag. That's what, there's a whole bunch of different tags that you write. And then that gets taken by the browser and then put up on this web page. Um, I think the thing that always confuses me when you talk about coding is like I've seen code. It's just like it's typically just a screen with just random what I would look at as an untrained eye. It's just random letters and numbers and symbols and everything's just like just across the yeah. board. It looks it means nothing to me. There's no audible or there's no legible word on there. It's just these random things. But then you like look at a website and like then how did you make it with this font in the center? This was here. How, how did I get the the logo in this spot or logo in that spot. How did it look like the same logo that I just had as a PNG or, or, or yeah, PNG file, or how did you get a link or how did you worry? How, how do I make a that video? Right. How... Yeah. So, um, that's all tags and that's all, that all comes with the, the learning of it. Um, and it comes down to, to putting in the time to learn these, but you could, you could code it to the point where like, I want to have three videos, right next to each other lined up this portion down on the page this is what i want this video to be this video and this video just through whatever right that. if if you like if you drew out a design mm-hmm. of like i want a page to look like this or i want this button to open up a form for them to fill out mm-hmm. and like create that booking or um yeah it can pretty much if you can think about it it can be built for the web is there are there like coding people that you like idolize people that can code? Like, like I, I think of like someone that is really good at a sport or really good at music that they're like, you like idolize this person, but they're in coding, which to me would be like, really? But you're like, no. And then you finally, like you get into the nuances. Like this person's fantastic at coding. Yeah. Um, I think again, there's a lot of like nuance in, in that question. Like, I wouldn't say that there's any one there's people that have helped me a lot and have are like totally down with jumping on a video call or a screen share and be like like hey this is the like the way you should write this specific code to get it to do what you want mm-hmm. um and that all comes back to community is interacting with other developers and coders to so well, like when like Facebook was open, like Mark Zuckerberg was coding Facebook. Right. So I would say Mark Zuckerberg's a famous coder. Like, is there anybody else that jumps out? Bill Gates, I'm assuming. Yeah. Um, coded. Coded stuff. Steve um, Steve Jobs. Steve Wozniak. Wozniak, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't, I don't view, I don't think of it as idols. I think of like the, like the product is, I think what I would more, more idolize is the like well i guess i'm picking like the them. final the final product but i'm guessing um, I'm, I'm taking them because they you know obviously they came up with a, a computer or a software or or you know um a fa- like facebook obviously social media but they were able to code that into what we use today and obviously probably the early versions of it i'm sure they don't code anymore They're, that's right. not part of their their job they got people they pay to do that but um starting out those people had a skill level to get it to some type of product. Obviously, then they had all the intangibles that you need to get it to the level that they're at now. But at some point, they were you or I sitting in a dorm room, mom's basement, bedroom, right. coffee yeah. shop, just typing away. Yeah, well, in that, there's so there's this whole movement um, of people called indie hackers. So it's people that have an idea and put um time into building out their idea and then they're very they're very public about what they're what they've learned what they're building and basically it's this whole community of people like also willing to help you out so it's like hey i know galen does this thing really well i'm trying to do um or he's you know just ahead of where I want to be. He's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And they are more than happy to jump on a call and like help you out with your struggles. So you um, think the coding world is a pretty, um, re- I say receptive, but uh, like giving in the sense of resources and time and, ha- and yes. help. And yeah. So there's, there's, there's a like competition. It's more of like, we want to try to, we, we want to raise a level of this. Right. And it's like, we want to, and a lot of it comes down to like, we want to build, cool products. We want to build cool things. Mm-hmm. And, um, I want to work with people that inspire me and aren't going to cause me to burn out or, or like understand that the deadline isn't the deadline, you know, is, is coding. How much of coding is thinking? How much of coding is just going through the motions? Um, I mean, it always helps to have a plan. Um, like, but, but there's you... always there's always small fixes that are happening. So, so coding it's an ever changing product. It's never like, okay, this is done. Well, so say you were typing out a code for a website. Someone wanted. I want. I gave you a sheet of paper. I sketch it all out. I want it to look something like this. And how much of that is you? processing and coming up because I would say that's kind of your manuscript you're going off of and then you have you know I know how to make that through code a reality so you obviously have the knowledge aspect there but as you're going through and actually coding that is it very monotonous and tedious or is it like no I just go ding ding and that's done ding ding that's done ding ding that's done and then I try to make it look prettier but the actual building of it's very simple so so the the building of it is just and a lot of it's just like perseverance because there are going to be times where that logo that you had on that sheet of paper is just off. Like it's not quite right. It doesn't look exactly how it looks on the page. Mm-hmm. And that will drive people crazy. 
Um, but formatted just slightly off. Right. Or Or, colors are shade off. Right. And like, there's ways to fix that. And it's just how much are you willing to put in to get it done? And and obviously if you're working for a company, I'm assuming that's like, okay, well shit, this is what the client wants. I got to dive down. I got to change that. Right. And that might, that little change. But but if it's, if it's for your personal website Mm -hmm. and the logo is a little off and you know, you hear that. Like, I'm not going to, I may put that up on my website and just say like, I'll fix that later. Okay. Like, I'm okay with it. It's not going to. And you might be only moving a quarter of an inch to the right. Right. Okay. Or, or changing the color or, you know, any, anything like that. But the, the thing that I like about coding and developing is, is the community behind it is so supportive. Like if you just show them, if you show people in the community that you built something, you'll get a huge round of applause. And this could be anything, app, website, it could, system, program. Right. Hey, I built this thing on my lunch break or I built this thing over the course of a week. So if you, when you talk about, but again, this kind of comes back to time, time that it takes. When you see someone like coding, could you sit down and code something pretty concrete in an hour? Yeah. So it doesn't, so necessarily the time is not necessarily the issue. It's more of like, no. it's kind of like anything. If like, if I, if you said, Hey Galen, I want you to paint a picture. So take like that photo over there. Pretend that's a drawing and not a, not a print. It's just a picture right. of the station. If you're like, Galen, I want you to make that. I'd be like, okay. And I would start out paper. I'd probably take a, you know, kind of a pencil and kind of start outlining it rough. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to go in and start shading it. And then like the idea of to say like, well, I can make it like, the shape of it very quickly. Right. But then if I was to go to and I started to shade it and highlight and try to add some color and blend some stuff, that could take hours and hours and hours because I'm trying just to get it a little more like You're trying tight. to make it picture perfect, right? Yeah. And I I have always been um in the camp of um so shipped product or pushing something out beats perfection every time. Like an MVP. Right. Yeah. Right. Get the get the thing out there, get customers or viewers or users to use the thing, mm-hmm. and then take that feedback that they give you to improve the product. So, um, because perfection will kill you. Well, per, so perfection, I think, is just it's an excuse to procrastinate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, exactly. And I think. In, um, yeah. So keep going. Um, in that, well, that's the that's the whole. If you get something out there into the world, you are you are way ahead of most of the people that have that idea. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, so I took a. I remember an agent. This was a few years back. I was talking to them, and they said something about um, videos and, and marketing and stuff. I said, "Oh yeah," I just started having kind of chit chatting. And like, yeah, I've I've. Uh, I filmed a bunch, a bunch of videos. I said, "Oh, cool. Where, like, are they on YouTube? They on your Facebook? Like, where, where are they?" And like, "Well, I haven't put them out yet." Yeah. And I remember I, I heard it, and I was like, "My first thought was like, why?" And he, well, you know, I'm just I gotta tweak some stuff. I gotta, you know, and I'm like, okay. And I didn't really care. Like, I was like, it's not right. my life. Like, whatever. Right. Like, waste your time. But in my head, I was like, dude, just put the thing out. Like, what's yeah. Who cares? Like, what's the worst thing that happens? Someone shits on it? Great. Like, right. that's that's what life is, it, it, and that's what, well, like... Well, it, it means that um, 
if you get that negative comment, it means somebody watched your stuff. Yeah, and at the end of the day, <laughs> you're not. I'm not. Nothing. So take the podcast for an example. Very simple. Do the podcast. There's people that have more people to my face have said they like it than not, which it's natural. Someone's not, probably not going to come up to me and be like, "Your podcast sucks." I'm like, "Okay, thanks." But right. I have heard through the grapevine that people don't like but, the podcast or they critique right. it. But in my head, I'm like, I don't care. Like, it's like I do it for myself, but then it's like if people find enjoyment, the people that have said they like it, I'm like, great. Those are the people I would prefer to have listened to it anyways. Right. I, yeah. And that, and that's in that it's so interesting because there's like it goes back to the community stuff um, and something that I, I want to bring up in a little bit um, about what I'm starting here in Plattsburgh. But um, it's more of that getting finding that group of people that you would want to interact with on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And then whatever they put out, you shout from the rooftops about it. Yeah. So you're, you are, I want to be that cheerleader for the people that are building stuff because building stuff is not easy. No. And regardless of running a business is not easy. You, um, you can take all the courses in the world on how to run a business, but if you're not doing it day to day, well, I, it's perfect example. Like I yesterday I had Mike Parent on. Mike Parent started Jam Vintage in um, in Plattsburgh. He's the thrift the he's thrift vintage store um, on Briggerhoft. Um, I knew Mike when he was a kid, like growing up. And then here's a you know, and again I I have a soft spot for young adults because I I still think I'm a young adult, even though I'm in my thirties. But I think that the idea is. You know, it, it's hard to start a business. So entrepreneurship, starting a business, small business is very like near and dear to my heart because I live and breathe it every single day. Mixed with nothing against the 45-year-old starting a business. I think that's dope too. But I see a 20-something-year-old starting a business. I have, I think because they're younger than me and I have an appreciation for like what I've had to do over the last 10 years and what I like I could see them doing over the next handful of years. Yeah. So I look like a Mike Parent, um, a, a Becky Hippo from High Peaks Brew. Um, Steph Damaris at, at Rustic Pines. You know, these people that I know that have like, um, Heath Andre from Lake Champlain Sanitation, yeah. they start their own business, young people, some type of passion, hard work behind it. And I, all of those people I just mentioned, minus Becky, we're trying to get her on the podcast. So everybody peer pressure her into coming on. I think she has a fantastic story and she'd absolutely blow it out of the water. But um, the idea is you take some of these I talked to Steph Damaris. Steph Damaris' idea of the Rustic Pines was just a, a thought in her head, something she wanted to do. Talked to her dad. Her dad said, Big Big D was like, Big John was like, let's do it. And, uh, you know, they made it happen. And now they're running events. And, like, I remember when they, it was a, like a thought. And then they were like, hey, we are going to start clearing land. And, like, all of a sudden, flash forward a few years, and now they're running stuff there. And it's actually right. open. And, you know, we, when I look at those, I talked about Mike yesterday. He started thrift stores like doing thrift stores and buying stuff and ordering vintage clothes back in 2015 over six years later now he's got a store open right and as somebody obviously they have a, a passion for something and they have a drive but i know it's not easy and again all these people that i've just talked about um you know we have the podcast typically the podcast ends and then we kind of shoot you know shoot the shit after for a few minutes and all of them kind of say the same thing like it's tough. It's hard. It's, you know, these are, this is what I'm experiencing. This, this is something that like I'm struggling with. And then I look at that as, okay, well, here's my, uh, you know, maybe my background or my experience or anything I could provide that might help you. 
And sometimes it's just like, yeah, that's what you're going to, what you're going to deal with. But one, you know, that's never going to go away. But two, I think you're the type of person that can deal with it. Right. And he said, if you have, a, you have a huge passion and the self-belief and you kind of just think you can do it, you're going to do it. Like it's just the, the optimism is such a huge thing in life that, but these people have it. And I think for you, you have a passion, but so I want to go into the, the Plattsburgh thing. So something you have so, a passion for. Yeah. So, um, so like I, I run, I run this community, this online community for dads at coat and it goes, it goes back to the, um, there's opportunities here that people may not realize. And I want to start a tech meetup here in Plattsburgh. Okay. So where we can have conversations like this, we can have that person that has that idea because everyone has ideas of their like dream job or whatever mm -hmm. and giving, making sure that these people know that these resources exist for them to be able to build out that idea. Um, and that's everything from let's, let's have a meetup. Let's meet for two hours, um, at this space. And I will give you the tools you need to have that website up and running by the end of it. So then you can have, you go from that idea to, Hey, I have this space on the internet. This is where I'm going to be updating you on this th idea that I have. And then going from there to making that a reality for people if you had a guess what what do you think the uh the amount of people locally in the area like test subjects whatever that would fit that demographic of like these people are in the tech these people i you know i think that this many people locally would would be down for something like this um i think that it's pretty high if they just need to know that it's there's an event happening um and we say event is this more of reoccurring like whether it be monthly monthly hangouts monthly uh, bi-weekly jams weekend jams yeah kind so of it would either pro it would probably be um it would probably be at least once a month and um using my network and other people's that would be involved um be able to give talks in like tidbits on how to go from either zero, like zero tech skills to I have, I coded my own website and then see, see what happens from there and see where people take that. So you would teach your, your teaching tech. So it'd be a mixture of teaching tech and a mixture so it'd be of just teaching jamming. and just like jamming and hanging out and making these connections of, cause all it takes is, it's just a tech mastermind basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, um, but it's going to be, you know, and there will be some events that are probably for more intermediate, um, but I, I plan on reaching out to some of the SUNY, SUNY Plattsburgh professors who are in like the computer science, mm -hmm. um, see if they want to give a talk or meet up or, you know, have a coffee. Um, Is there a space like this now, you think? Or any groups that you might know of? So, so this has been in the works for the last month or so. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing how much sort of engagement we can get and see if there's a bunch of interest. But we, there is a space in Plattsburgh that we would be having this. Um, I, I always look at, take that, but I think technology, which 
it's been around for majority of our lives, pretty much all of our, I mean, it's all of our lives, but at the level that it's at now, um, or at the pace that it's growing majority of our lives, we've kind of known it. Um, but I still think that technology is such a new industry, you know, at the end of the day. And we start looking at, um, like, I know like the Facebook with the metaverse and everything else. And you start looking at this like digital world and this world where you can experience it, even though it's not, you know, living and breathing like we know it, but it's, which is to me, it's kind of like a, a, a it's like a expansion of the mind, it's an expansion yeah. of the paradigm, and that's like because again, I've said this before, but you know, when I found out that someone paid almost a million dollars for virtual land, yeah, like not that like someone paying something virtually, it doesn't. People do it all the time in certain things, and right. now you're seeing the emergence of NFTs and, and Bitcoin and crypto and all this, and I mean those are all kind of one and the same. But when you start talking about that. And I'm in an industry where they just don't make any more land. So if they don't make any more land, but now all of a sudden it's like, wait, 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 hold my beer. Now we have a virtual world. Now I just sold, you know, this piece of what I, I, you know, I use a term as, or let's call it a, let's call it, um, you know, Upper East Side Manhattan or Midtown Manhattan, you know, property in this virtual world that, oh, by the way, there's a million users and everybody wants that property and the highest bidder went up to a million dollars for it. They right. had the funds. They had the, they had the which is the same as real estate. It's what someone's willing to buy and sell it for. But then it opens it up to an infinite world, right? And now then you start. And I'm assuming that's what metaverse means is that it's this world beyond our world. That's not the, you know the, I guess the physical space that someone like Elon Musk is trying to preserve, but right. more of the, the space that we're in now expand while we're still here. Right. Well, it's it's. Am I thinking about that right? I think so, but I think for a lot of, like, the tech stuff is, like, I mean, we're here right now in person, in, but yeah. we we don't have to be. Correct. You could run you could run the podcast with somebody, and I listen to podcasts where one host is in Oregon, the other one's in Austin, Texas. Yep. So like, in they've met each other like twice in their life. There's podcasts where they've never met. Mm-hmm. They just they. Well, I had uh, Dan Stewart on. He's down in Florida. Yeah. Ex well, ex mayor, but former mayor of Plattsburgh. I've never met him in person. I've talked to him, you know. I've, right. But we had a full podcast. It was great. I had a great time. But that was the only, that was the only web one I've ever done. Everybody else right. has been in person. Right. Yeah. And so but it's 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 funny because that's being being a parent who doesn't have a lot of time, finding two hours to come down here. And be like, which is probably gonna be up two and a half by the time you travel and everything else, <laughs> right? And it's like that's time again, that's also time away from family. Mm-hmm. So, I am very bullish on remote work. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to work when the hours work for me. Um, you know, once, once my kids are in school full time, I'm gonna have all of that time with them not there to work for my house. I'm not gonna have to drive an hour to work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, in tech, in having decent internet connection, you can. Now, when you say in, per- so again, uh, we're in person. We're, in person, this is, right. this is happening live. It's not. This is not a hologram of, of Emmett. He's here. But the, are you saying in person or in person? And then you're talking about like a you know Zoom, a typical Zoom, Google Meet, whatever. Or are you actually talking about the idea of AI where? You and I are sitting here. I feel like I can touch you. I feel like you're in my space, but in reality, we're sitting on our couches. 
but we're talking like we're together and I feel I can see it. I can see your mannerisms. I can see your movement. You know, I can. So I, I'm all for, um, like it was that the level that you're going to, or are you talking more about just zoom? Calls? No, just, just, just zoom calls okay. and being, well, for, for right now it's, it's the, um, it's the zoom calls. It's the doing the, um, it goes back to the, the task, the task stuff. This is the tasks I'm going to give you at the start of the day. Make sure that these get done by the end of the day. And if you have any problems, please ask out and whatever. I I want that work style mm-hmm. because I also like have kids running around. Mm-hmm. I can't be head da- heads down for eight hours in an office somewhere. Mm-hmm. And like, there's people that f- love being in an office. I just think for me personally to get the most work and be the most productive for myself, I need to be sort of working from home. I guess I like, so during the, you know, quarantine shutdown, whatever, I had to work from my house. I worked less hours by, there's some days I worked all day, but I would say most of the time I would probably work six hours where I normally would work 10 to 12 back to back right. in that time. Now, when I look at that it was, it was nice because I could have every meal with my kids. Yeah. Um, it was nice because I didn't have the commute. It was nice because I didn't have the, like every other person, I have to shower and look good. And, and, you know, I could just wake up and just kind of work and not feel like I had to, you know, be presentable and go right. out. But the one thing that was tough for me, like I was said, it these social interactions. Um, yeah, that was tough. Yes. Um, I tried to do a few virtual, like little check-in things, little ten-minute mini pods, where it was kind mm-hmm. of a mini podcast, where just anybody on Instagram, I just like DM'd them, like, "Yo, t- tomorrow at pick a time that I could." I knew the kids probably wouldn't be around with me. Um, can you just jump on for ten minutes? And I had different people. I had, uh, you know, a lot of them were on the podcast. Yeah. I think Ryan Lee was one. Bryce Hansen. I had Mike Cashman. I had Billy Jones. I had um, Meg Whedon. I had. Um, there was a there was a few uh, um, Jared Burns I think some like good friends of and mine. that was that was your social interaction during the quarantine yeah I mean it was like right. okay we're gonna do it I'm gonna try to turn it into like a mini I can't do I did zero podcast during the, the pandemic because right. I wanted to be in person like this um, but I think the hard part the social interaction yes I miss seeing people I miss going out and doing stuff and that came with a level of like anybody else kind of like a, a mild depression where it's like mm. okay this sucks I'm like not. I, like, well, I and, love- and, and that that's why I'm thinking meet up for Plattsburgh is because we are so burnt out from the pandemic of not seeing people. Well, I think that, but I think the benefit for you guys is, is a mastermind where you have like-minded individuals that have the similar interests and similar passions elevating each other. Right. Um, I do the same thing. Like I, like actually, to be honest, after here, that's where I have to go is meet up with a few buddies that I, you know, local business people that are about my age and we've meet regularly and, um, we literally just spitball ideas. It's very informal, but for us, it it generates gets the wheels turning. You bounce ideas. What's your opinion? Um, right. Here's my dilemma, or here's my two options. Which what right. do you guys give me a different lens? And a lot of it is we're just trying to help. I mean, there's nothing we benefit nothing from this group. I mean, we we had the friendships, and you might get like you know obviously we generate well, business for each th- other. There may you're right. There may be that deal that comes across because oh. of. Absolutely, but none of us go in thinking like I'm only going to get business. We right. go in saying I want to try to learn something and help somebody. Right? And, no, and that and that's that's and the whole. That's, that's the whole. I mean, that's the whole coder dads thing. That's the whole is like, I have I've seen people in coder dads jump from they 
put in the like little so sl- are you familiar with slack at all i know what it is I so so it's before. it's a chat app it's a work chat app yeah so you have members we um and we're, we're over 200 now and we'll get a dad that pops in hey i'm having this work this work issue with a coworker. can you um can we walk through it and then a bunch of dads jump in the chat work it out and it's like thanks um and it's also then that where you're not putting it in like your corporate chat room to be like i'm struggling with this coworker or whatever it's like yeah. that piece that they can sort of removed enough it's from- that it's that safe space so it's all the people in the industry that are like oh yeah i've dealt with that too here's how we got around it but without any of that like judgment of having to bring that up oh absolutely like, yeah and i think the like the group i'm talking about we also can call each other out too Right. We're like, that's wrong, or you just got to do this, or just got to do that. And sometimes you hear some stuff, and you're like, oh, gee. Like, I didn't want to hear it, but I kind of knew it. And, you know, right. and, that's, and that happens to me a lot, too, where it's like, yep, yeah, I, I knew that was the issue, but, you know, like, for some reason, I was just trying to, like, not subdue that. Like, I, was, I didn't want that to be the main issue. But um, Or, or you, you don't want to hear that that honest feedback. Well, it's all, of, I mean, it's honest feedback that you know you want to hear, but it obviously hurts because you're like, ah. Like, I, it, it's not even that you um, – what's the word? It's not even – it's not even that I'm like faking that it's not there. I'm not like I'm like oh no I agree with you, but it's still like sucks. It, it's that it's, it's still that, a problem I got to yeah. deal with, and it sucks to hear it. And I know it's touching the hot stove. It's being forced to touch the hot stove. Yeah, and it's like I, I yeah. know I know the issue. I like I know I have to deal with it. It's almost like like you said, hot stove or jumping in a cold like a cold thing of water. I'm like I don't really want to jump. I'm like you got to jump. I'm like ah, I'm not gonna jump. Or like like skydiving maybe. You're standing right. up like yeah. All right, you're gonna skydive. I'm like oh, I don't want to do it. Or, or like like the um was it the polar plunge? Like jump jump in the lake in the middle of January. Yeah, like, like you're stepping your toe in. Like, yeah, ah, I don't really. But that yeah. Yeah, but, in, but then you do it and you're like, oh, that wasn't, that wasn't It's never bad. as bad. You, you yeah. build it up in your head and then you just do it. And even if it is bad, you know, at the end of the day, short memory and life goes on. But um, I think, no, I think doing something along that line where you don't see a lot of it. And again, the conversation I had yesterday with Mike, um, there's not many vintage stores around. No. So I said it's, an, it's a niche area that um, I would say tech's obviously bigger than vintage clothing. But, but, but not... But, in a sort of different way it's here. a different it's a meaning tech it'd be like saying healthcare it'd right. be like saying business like it's a big umbrella i'm sure when you get into like tech it's more specific than tech because you guys are diving into certain topics and right. certain and, and again if you have seven members that meet up each month well you're into one thing this guy's into one thing she's in one thing and then at the end of the day it's like okay you know, let me help Emmett with this. Let me help Susie with that. Let me help Tom with this. Right. And you guys can bounce those ideas off of each other versus, you know, I, and I think that's, but I told Mike, I said, even though you're in a niche market, there's people that want that niche market. Right. And I remember when I first, same thing, um, uh, the, well, the local CrossFit down the road. Um, so I started doing um, CrossFit like a decade ago. There was no gyms in Plattsburgh. Right. There was no gyms. I was on message boards. I would watch YouTube videos. I was doing stuff. I was trying to connect with people. I was getting my answers through like national. Like a national forum. Like a forum, but it wasn't like a local forum. It was something like right. people all right. over the country are on this forum. But that's how I got my information, how I learned, and then reading right. articles. But that, that's, that's, all, that's exactly how I've gotten into code, though. So code well, is. But, but then, but what, sorry, I'll get to that. <laughs> so the gym ends up opening. Right. I obviously gravitate towards the gym because I like it. But then over time, now it's been open almost 10 years, that, you know, 
at this point, like CrossFit Plattsburgh, if you go from what it started out at to where it is now, and not that I'm saying it has the same people then and now, or had, but collectively over 10 years, hundreds and hundreds of people have gone through that it, door. It's helped a ton of people out. And, but it's also brought people that had the interest, and it's also brought people that didn't have any, any clue about it, but got them exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And that was a community of people that found a niche that worked for them. So I'm saying for like a tech space, if there's not really a tech space like that, you're going, people are going to come out of the woodwork and say like, who's this guy? I don't know. He lives out in Katyville and he's on some back road. Right. I, I don't know how the, the internet <laughs> is in Katyville, but you know, like someone just randomly in an apartment in the Plattsburgh was like, yeah, I do this stuff all the time. You don't even know this person exists. Right. Or you find out that they work at some, like at a they work remotely at a big tech company and you're like, I never would have known yeah, that that was here. You, and, could, you could have some high, yeah, exactly. High um, level Google, Google people or, or Amazon people right down the road working. Right. Right. Your your neighbor could be working for. Yeah. And you're like, holy crap, this guy's like a professional coder. Right. Yeah. Or what oh, tech, tech, tech person doesn't oh, tech person. It, it doesn't tech guru. Yeah. Um, but so that's, it's funny cause when you brought up the, the forums and what, and whatnot for the CrossFit stuff is I, so I was listening to podcasts while I was a janitor. I was cleaning toilets, listening to, listening to podcasts on code. Yeah. And then they were interviewing, um, Quincy Larson who started free code camp. So freecodecamp.org, you can go there and learn how to code your website for free. They have hundreds of hours of stuff of content. And he, he runs a podcast for that. As well, yeah. Well, that, that was okay. So, that's, so or he was on, he was interviewed on a podcast. Gotcha. And then, but but so, exposed you to that world. Exposed me to that world, yeah. and I was, um, I was working evenings. I was working three to eleven thirty. I was home with my, my one kid at the time, who was like three months old, not mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are the days. <laughs> put, put put him in the bouncy chair and started coding and building websites, and then interacting with people on Twitter. Yeah, and, I remember you saying it. That, um, that's how you got kind of like your your feet into the, it. The following, and I've gotten so many opportunities from social media and, and Twitter, and basically just being like, "Hey, I want to do this thing," and people like, "Yeah, let's 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 build that thing," or let's jump on a call and talk about what you're working on. Um, and I think Plattsburgh has the potential to be that tech hub, sort of in the upstate yeah. New York, because we. Well, we have a we have a SUNY school here. We have they have a computer science program. Well, I think also when you look at like our area, I would say obviously you have the hospitals a large employee. You have you know um, you know the prisons and, and the Clinton uh, Correctionals a, a big employer. Um, you know Schluter is a big employer. And you have some of these, but I, I guess I'd say Schluter, but is part of that that manufacturing cluster you know the right. chamber talks about gary talks about all the time is that this man this manufacturing cluster which is the idea that you have your you have your rail you have your air you have your you know sea you have your land you have all these different ways of traveling and commuting made here with the cluster of everything else that comes as a third i say third party comes as a smaller group that that supports that right. when you start adding that in same thing that like geographically that works well tech ge- geographically for the most part doesn't matter I, and i don't and obviously like you know silicon valley and palo alto and well, you but, know so that's that's the coolest thing about tech and the internet is you don't have to be in those places anymore so why, why did those places materialize the way they have 
Because you're talking uh, Facebook, you're talking Google, you're talking yeah, Apple, you're I talking... I mean, I th- think a lot of it is like-minded people. And you're in this area where there's constantly new ideas. There's constantly people building. Mm-hmm. And, but then you also look at companies like Shopify. They're in Ottawa, Canada. That's not a tech hub. Hmm. That's where their, like, their HQ is. Ottawa. No, that's three hours from here. Yeah. Um, they have headquarters in Montreal. That's an hour and a half. Like, um, and I think a lot of it is it's creating that group of like-minded people that have a problem that they want to solve, but they also want to still, it's that life balance. They want to live where they want to live and not be told. Well, I, I think it's, I think the idea of doing that is something that's, like I said, anything that's needed, but I think collaboration is, is massive in any industry. And I think the idea of you're going to kind of smoke these people out of the area, I mean, not out of the area, but I mean out in the area, but right. into this because they're going to find out about it somehow. However, right. and, and, and be- well, we're also a small enough group community, like population wise, that somebody's going to hear about it from somewhere. Yeah, word of mouth. Right. And 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 typically, a lot of these, it's like especially if you're starting out like that, you really don't need a hundred people. You can't manage that it's too quick. Like you just no. need two or three. Right. And those two or three are in you know, however you and, build and it this start, out. And it starts as it starts as coffee and talking about just ideas. Mm-hmm. And like, so, hey, here's my computer. Show them some stuff. Show right. them some stuff. Hey, share. I, I built this this website. You get a projector. You project, you know, the website. And and I also have a community that I could bring in remote talks too. Mm-hmm. So I could have I have connections at some of these big tech companies that are looking for people that are interested in this stuff, but don't have the chops yet. And then they have internship programs and all of that stuff too. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's really no way it can fail. Meaning I'm saying like, even if you have a couple it's, people it's, and meet some good friends and you get some ideas, like there's right. really no downside to it. I mean, unless right. it was like a complete epic, this is terrible. And you have a little bit of time invested in it. It's not, you know what I mean? But that's probably fun for you to try to do, right. you know? So, right. well, think- and that's the whole, so the community for Coder Dads, that's what it's been. It started, we're going to turn, it's going to be three years of running it in like May. And you're one of the admin or founders of yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that just started as like, I want a place where I can be like, being a dad trying to career transition is super difficult. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the stuff that I saw online was learn to code in six months and make $120,000 a year. As a parent who works full time, you, you don't have that time. And it's, I've never met anybody that has successfully done that in six months have gone from zero to. Well, and that's the thing when, when you talk, you know, we talked a lot about like parenting and stuff, but you know, the, the amount Six like months kid, goes quick. Like kids take time because like you, so this is a thing that I found with kids. And I think that why it's a bigger um, thing that I'm factoring in now is kids. I know they're going to take time. I know they were going to take resources. Like, you know, it costs money to have children. You know, you know, it has like, I'm buying stuff for my kids that if I didn't have kids then I just would have, I'm naturally, I wouldn't have to spend that money. I'm spending right. it on stuff because they grow like weeds and you're, you know, right. and everything but clothes food toys yeah so you have that and then it's like okay so i know that's gonna take time or that's gonna take resources then i'm like okay this is gonna take time the one thing that i and i know this is gonna take sleep i get it like those are kind of the main things 
But then the one thing that's I should have known, but I don't think I thought of until it affected me was just the amount of energy that it takes mm-hmm. and in the mental energy, because like, okay, kids, okay, I get it and take care of them. Okay. I know that I'm going to have a little bit less time to do this. I know I'm going to sleep a little less and it's going to cost a little bit more money, but everything else will be the same. And then I finally re- like, uh, since we had three that my energy gets, gets sapped or zapped, sapped, Either, either or. Either or. I guess they <laughs> yeah. both fit. Um, quicker than it ever has. Mm-hmm. And But the, the thing is, it's like you come – like I get home and I am mentally drained from the day because my first meeting day was 7 a.m. So like I go from – and that's like my early day. But typically I'm in the office between 8 and 9 depending when I drop mm-hmm. my son off. But you're doing stuff at home before he leaves. You go in. Then you're just like on the clock, on the clock, on the clock, go home. Typically, I'm home and I have three to four hours with the kids before I'm like done. And when mm-hmm. I say done, I mean like they're to bed, like the kitchen's picked up, food's put away, stuff's wiped down, toys are picked up. You're kind of back to like reset for the next morning. That's usually around nine o'clock at night. So when you go from six, seven in the morning or earlier to nine o'clock at night and it's you're mentally on all day, that's where the fatigue for me comes. It's just a mental, like complete, just like draining right um so when you start talking about like the coding world of like hey can you do this in six months yeah if i didn't have if i had the energy and have the time constraints but but the the way i've gotten to where i am is i bring my laptop to work for my lunch break i have half an hour and it's just that consistent daily showing up to i'm going to do this for a half an hour an hour a day regardless of i didn't you know Let's say it is that nine nine o'clock and you're you're zapped, but you got to that point in that project that you were building that's really interesting to you, mm-hmm. and then you spend that hour on it and you get it done. That feeling of like, oh, yeah. I fix that problem, and that goes for that goes for everything. Like you, you fix like the leaky faucet at home. Mm-hmm. Fixing that feels great. Yeah, and, you accomplish something challenging. Right and. Coding has a lot of that without the, like, like I said, you need a laptop and internet. So. Well, I, I, yeah. And I think being the resourcefulness, like you said, of like, Hey, I only have so much time and we try to jam this all in. Let me try to make this all happen in a short period of time. Or when I have time, it's like, for me, it's mornings and evenings. If I'm not in like working and then we talk about the weekends, I'm like, okay, you like for me, it's like kid, 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 kid. You don't really get anything done. If you're trying to, again, I'm saying if I'm trying to think, if I'm going through the motions, if I'm sending out a quick email and kind of filtering stuff, mm-hmm. I can do that while they're screaming, yelling. Because you, you, know, you can, you can do the, the, the like the subconscious kind the of the subconscious stuff. sort of busy type of yes. And then it's like okay, I need time to think and process and try to keep my mind and headspace to make something like work. That doesn't like weekends for me. It's like. Okay, the kids are down. That's if all three are timed up with their naps. <laughs> and as you know, like... That's magic. In- we, we, we're, I would say we're fairly good at it, but it's not like all the kids go down at this time, wake up at this time. Right. And they kind of filter. And usually it's like, okay, well, which kid's up? Which two kids are up? Because you know the combo, that's the deadly combo. It's like, okay. Right. But that idea is, well, oh, well, weekend. I'm like, no, no, you watch the kids, watch the kids, watch the kids. Then I might get an hour and a half to two hours in that middle time. And hey, I just work. Right. Like, like it's middle of the day on a Saturday and Sunday, and I have my computer open or I have notepads out, and I'm just working on stuff. And like, it's it's literally like a, a sprint until they wake up. 
and then you do it do ding, 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 and then you do some stuff in the evening and go to bed wait try to wake up yeah. early before the kids which, which doesn't always work so no, pe- people they, they people have up. told me just like oh just get up earlier and it's like no like yeah. it doesn't it well, doesn't happen that way well i was getting up earlier before. i i sleep in later than i've ever slept in now purely because i get to bed late and it's right. like Okay, I'm not sleeping seven hours. I'm sleeping six hours, but my six hours starts at eleven o'clock at night. Right. You know, and then it, or eleven thirty, and it's like, and then you wake up and you're like, oh my god, I slept six hours and fifteen minutes, and that's right. I use six hours and fifteen minutes, meaning that was like your time you allotted for sleep. Right. It doesn't count the ups and down, like getting up, getting back to bed, getting up, doing something, you know, whatever. Right. So yeah, and and I think and I, but it's also giving being able to give yourself that space. So. Th- this is going to be five years of from learning to code to being here now, mm-hmm. starting in March. But like this is new. that was like the start of the journey. Start of the journey five years ago, and that was one kid to three. Mm-hmm. I've had a bunch of different jobs since then, um, a bunch of different shifts too, because it's mm-hmm. it, what I've done yeah, is, hours. is shift work. So it's like I was working. 3 p.m. to 11:30, but my wife was working eight to one, mm-hmm. and I was home with the kid and kids and trying to make all that work, and mm-hmm. then slowly transitioned for her to be able to be at home. Mm-hmm. So she's at home full time with the kids, and I go to work, I come home, and then but as soon as I come home, it's not like give me an hour to do this thing. It's or let me just it, sit on the couch and just like relax for a second. No, 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 it's there's the handoff that happens and then I have the kids till bedtime. Yep. And, um, but yeah, it comes down to just being, it's going to be a journey, but finding the community for, um, that will sort of recharge you to keep going is been the the key for me. Well, I think, I think the benefit, like I said, if this does start and I think it's something that's needed, um, I think that what would happen is, Time obviously passes. Eventually, the kids aren't going to need you or they're not going to want to be with you. They're going to be like, okay, dad, I'm a teenager. Like, stop talking to me. But like as I said, I've always looked at it as it's a slight um, deceleration. I say deceleration. A slight um, – I'm like not pushing on the gas as hard as I was the last couple of years because I did a lot of it to get myself mm-hmm. the – like kind of the – like you said, a little bit of a buffer, a little bit of a space where I can manage to get through this. And not miss my kid, like because again, if I didn't, if I didn't work as hard as I did, I would get to this point right now, and I would miss a lot of time with them. Right. But I over, I overdid it, you know, to give myself a little bit more freedom now, and with the idea that when this time ends, because we know time passes so quickly, and you know, the kids at some point won't all be in the house, or won't you know be at school, or or out of the house in general, and at that point, then I I know myself then that my foot goes on the gas harder. Cause I, when I get that, like I'm kind of one of those, once I get that opening and I see like the opening and I'm like, you're okay, going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of in the back of my head of, I'm not, I'm not worried about the future. And then a lot of the plans that I'm doing and a lot of things are happening right now. A lot of it's happening at once, kind of in the time where I feel resourceful wise, I'm not at my optimum level that I can give to the business like I did three, four years ago right. when I had the time. But I know that, okay, let me survive the next few years. Let me get to the point where I can kind of get the kids in school. A little bit of breathing room. Get the... Yeah, and then it's going to be... 
just, I'm literally going to just cram back down. Like I'm going to just hit the gas even well, harder at that point. Right. Cause, well, because when we met, I met down at your office about, I think it was like exactly three years ago. Very early. Um, that was the first time we ever met. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, and that, we, I was, we were still, still, I was still talking code. Let me um, see. I was, that was probably, I moved in 17. It was sometime in 18. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think it was exactly three years ago. Yeah. Um, been right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember you, you had your whiteboard and it was just full of ideas. It was that it's, whiteboard? Yeah. But it, this I, is, I that actually, whiteboard's a lot more cleaned up. Well, than, what happened was I was getting overwhelmed by it. So yeah. I actually, every one of those things that was written on there. I spent a couple... Was it you took a photo of it? A couple it? hours. Mm. No. That board was there. That started to get full, full, full. And I was like, this is insane. I had stuff behind the corner of that because I was trying to write it. And I had to pull the bookshelf down to write them in. And then at the point, there was too much up there. Like, it was mm. just one of those things that... Um, so what Emma's talking about is I have, I have four whiteboards in my room now. But, well, I guess five. I have one up there too. But there was these two main ones that are over to his right. And... Those were just, they just had like ideas just jotted down. And what happened is I'd be working, 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 idea hit, I would go write it down. Well, eventually it got to the point with all ideas, there's too many. You can't do them all. Right. So then I had to start like picking the ones that I felt um, had the largest impact mm-hmm. and or were at the right point in time. And then and some of those things are obsolete now. I mean, right. some of the stuff I had up there three years ago, technology-wise, doesn't even make sense to do anymore. Right. But what I did, but, but we, we we could we could write you a a way to make that idea those ideas, mm-hmm. and then you, we could create a grading system for you, technology-wise using code, to yeah, be we'll like spit out like actually, Galen, like, stop thinking about it. This is the one you have to do. Right. Like that idea is dumb. <laughs> the, yeah. Um, or or it's or it's not possible right now. So. Get it out of your head. Get it out of... So, yeah, so the whiteboard was that for me. So I actually have a document on my computer titled Whiteboard. And it's just a Word doc. But it's every idea that's ever been on that board. And I probably add to that every one to two weeks. Where it might be an email I email myself. Instead of saving the email, I literally just copy whatever I had written down. Mm-hmm. Drop it on that Word doc. Save it. Get rid of the email. And that's just like my brain. It's like my brain dump. It's your brain dump, yeah. But what Index. happens is then a couple times a year or when I feel like, hey, we could probably maybe start looking at some other ideas, I will literally read through. It's probably 30-something pages now. I will read through that and just kind of go and highlight stuff that – because a lot of it's repetitive because right. it just spends my brain works. Like a lot of them are the same themes. But I'll go through and I'll pick anything under X. Maybe it's system. Maybe it's – Maybe for us, it's some type of client or something with employees. And I will go and be like, that's kind of where I want to focus right now or maybe the next six months. Mm-hmm. And I'll go highlight everything in that and I'll just work through that. Once it's done, I'll just delete all those. And then I just kind of – that 30-something pages goes down to 29 or goes down to 26. or go, right. you know, And you can kind of see this almost like accordion kind of getting squeezed together. Um, and will all those ideas happen? Absolutely no way. There's no. Because I put too many right. on there. Right. I might only pull off. But even if you did an idea a week – that's 52 ideas. Like that's a lot. Yeah. And, and, a lot, and some of those like will take longer than a week where it's like, it's a bigger theme. Mm-hmm. But the idea is that if that theme is, is completed, what happens is that theme might knock off 20 items right. or 50 items. I mean, to be honest, there's a couple on there that could probably knock off 50 and, or more. Cause a lot of it, they're all generally around the same theme or I wrote it maybe a different way or, and, and but I'm sure like there's a system 
that I don't know yet. Or when, eventually when they come up, kind of what they talking about, like the, the neural chips and stuff where it'd yeah. be like something that would just think for you. And like, Boop. why am I overthinking yeah. it? And it's like, no, no, don't overthink it. Just you, you're looking at a hundred different things to do. This is the one you got to do. Don't, don't question me. Just do it. Right. Like then it'd be like, cause that just saves so much time. And right. be like, here's what you got to do. Here's like the things you got to focus on. Now just make that a reality. But they do like the, the processing and the thinking for you, which obviously, yes. Does that dummy down a person? Same way your smartphone dummy down the encyclopedia and every school thing you're right. going to learn. Right. Let me pull up my Google. Last night I went on a deep dive on the Beatles. Right. I stayed up way too late just going through a dark web of just clicking on stuff and looking, listening to the Beatles. Right. But I but, had it at my fingertips. But it's also like, and that's the, that's the thing is anything that you want to learn is online somewhere for free. Oh, absolutely. And anything you pay for, someone else did it for free. They just, maybe the one you paid for, I'm guilty of this. The one I paid for was just packaged up a little nicer, printed nicer, maybe a little bit more in my vision. Um, but I could probably have Googled. Once I learned was on, I'm like, shoot, I could have just Googled it. But what right. they did was they made it convenient because it's all in one spot. Right. But that's also the, um, right. It's all in one spot. They curate, they went through all the pain points of it Correct. already yep. and made it happen. So, mm-hmm. and well, it's always time versus money. Right. So it's like, I don't have the time I'm going to pay for it or I don't have the money that therefore I'm going to put the time in to figure it out. Right. Yeah. And that's in with <laughs> as parents, it's that forever struggle of yeah, absolutely. Um, like, do I have time for that home project? Probably not. I'm going to pay somebody to do it mm-hmm. and not worry about it. Um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's a juggling act, but I think starting something, I think that the basic premise, and I've talked to many people over and over again, the ones that I think are successful, you know, they, they have some type of passion that they really like Yeah, and they have a desire to make it happen. And that desire I think is, it's relative to your level of whether it's love or fear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, do you love it so much that you want to do it? Or do you fear something so much? This is your way out. And that's kind of a two that's always balancing. Like I look at like my business as two things. I love what I want to accomplish like that. But then my initial start in real estate and still there's still of it there is fear of not, you know, I say failing, but failing in certain categories or failing, um, in this or that. So failing like family or friends. Yeah. It's not even failing meaning like, what is Emmett going to think of me? It's not that it's failing. Like my family, it's failing myself. It's, it's not realizing my potential. It's being lazy. And, and there's, and I have this, like, you know, I think, you know, we we all have these fears of, but it, it, like, even right now I go through my head of like, am I doing enough, doing enough, doing enough. And I have to keep reminding myself of like, you know what, this, this point of time in your life is not going to be the, 100% 100% productive Galen at, at, at work in the business world. Right. It's going to be Galen's going to manage and do what he can. He's going to have to say no to some stuff. He's going to have to, he's going to have to maybe tweak some stuff or punt some stuff, knowing that it's building towards what he wants to do in the future, which is how I vision like everything I want to do will happen. But I do know, like, again, like you said, be fair to yourself and know like, okay, you, you're not superhuman. You can't do a million things. Right. So what's most important like right now to me, it's raising kids with my wife and being supportive of her. And, and that has come at the detriment of some business stuff, but I would make that cha- trade every day. Right. And but luck- it's all, and it's also like, luckily that business decision or letting the business not doing a hundred percent there, you're, you're not going out of business. No. And, and 
like I said, a lot of that was 10 years ago deciding to get into an industry where I, I knew that was possible and then spending that time leading up to this to make sure that was a reality. Right. And now that I was able to do both, it's now kind of like I should have a little bit of a hedge where I can I have a little bit of breathing room. And then even if things get slightly down, I know that that's going to probably culminate in the perfect time when I can ramp it back up. Right. And I know my attitude, my energy – all that it's like setting the stage to get to that level. So it's a uh, it's good. Like I said, it's uh, it's all fun. I, I think um, you know you and I share a lot of the same. You know, even though different industries, there's still a lot of similarities. And I think that's something that I've always loved talking to you about. Is that I just feel like you you understand the macro. We have different micros, meaning like you know right. certain businesses. Yeah, but absolutely. I think on the macro, we're very much in line. And we, we make that macro work within our little micro worlds. Right. And that's, um, and I want to be able to be sort of that support person for those people that have that idea that aren't sure of how to, you know, they have this idea, but they also work, you know, a full-time job and have kids and like, it's like, but that idea that you're slowly working on, let's get that out there into the world. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens by even just you know, hour a day working on that idea. And it can just be jotting down ideas on pen and paper of mm -hmm. what you want that vision to look like. Yeah. Once you do have that time to step on the gas pedal and dive into it. I, I had a meeting with um, some of the staff today and what I wanted to do today, I looked at the hour we met to the point where I was so satisfied with that hour because it started to put some concrete things down in direction where I'm like, mm -hmm. Even if I don't work the rest of the day today, that hour was was perfect. That's like right. I needed I needed that because it, it like just felt like it it legitimized the next step a little bit more. I'm like okay, and then I said, we kind of had a couple like little tasks. One of the girls already kind of did what I needed to do, so I'm like okay, great, I have that to look at, and like I, it's already motioning. Right, but like that's sometimes you need you just need like a good like aha. You need that one hour win. Yeah, I mean it, whatever whatever that win is, and earlier this week. I dropped my son off. I don't, it was like, I didn't have an obligation until like 1.30 or 2.30 in the afternoon. I literally drove my car, not into the lake. I drove my car down to the lake <laughs> yeah. and I sat in my car for like three to four hours. Like literally just sat in my car with a notepad. I had a couple things I was listening to and I literally just sat there and jotted down notes. I didn't talk to people. I wasn't calling, I wasn't texting, I wasn't emailing. I was just sitting there in my own head, just kind of planning and prepping and organizing stuff because I find, like I said, a lot of my work right now is in that stage where it's like I got to spend a lot of mental energy, you know, and it might not look like, what'd you do? You just like hung out this morning? I'm like, well, yeah, I, I guess, but yeah. my mind was like overloaded with just like but in But stuff. that time, that three, two to three hours spent on that idea will eventually blossom into... It, it could be... I would deem with my intent of what that was could be transformative, right. it, it, but it, it's, it's kind of like, it's funny or it's kind of goofy to say that, but in the micro, it's still, I still have to put the work in to right. make it, but it's like, as, as long as you have the vision and kind of a blueprint, then it's like, I know roughly where I'm going. I got kind of a general North star. So let's, you know, and that's, and that evolves. And I think right now I'm definitely starting to hit an evolution here. But how are we on time? Uh, we're 10 after. Okay. All right. We'll wrap it up. So the, uh, <laughs> but the, the, the time thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll have to do this again. Um, but I Absolutely. think, 
Um, I guess my homework, I guess for you, I, I would love to see you get something in the works. And I think you can do this. I think you will do this. And I think maybe you already are kind yeah. of in the early stages yeah. of this. So, um, but I would be curious to see um, how it goes and just kind of keep me abreast of like how it's yeah. doing. Because I think, not that I'm a tech guy, but I also like to associate myself with people that are smarter than me because I like to learn from them. So I may end up um, being like the the, uh, the the rookie that shows up one day and be like, I don't really know anything about coding, but can I just watch you guys just jam? Yeah, and I mean, so. that could be everything. It could become a weekend project for you and your kids. You could build a family website. Yeah, well, and hey, um, I, I'll tell you right now, my, my, uh, my oldest knows his way around technology better than I do right now. So, so, and so maybe, maybe we'll just drop the, um, drop the kids off. I'll teach the kids how to code and, um, that's it. They'll, uh, yeah, you'll turn them into a little Zucks before we know it. Just yeah. Yeah. yeah, Plattsburgh will be the next Silicon Valley. The, uh, awesome. Um, so, uh, do you, so, uh, dads who code coder dads, coder dads. Yeah. Or screw that. So I want to ask you, yeah, coder dads. Um, that's on Facebook, Twitter, it's on Twitter. It's, um, Twitter. There's a Slack channel. Um, there's. Um, hold on. I will make sure that you get an invite link to the Slack channel, and a landing page for the Plattsburgh Tech Meetup. So give me give me what you have because we'll add to the show notes. But um, yeah, if anybody wants to find Emmett, uh, Coder Dad, we'll uh, we'll link those up in the show notes. Um, if you are into the tech space, have any interest in the tech space, you can find Emmett. Um, I, what, what's your handle? On- so it's it's Emmett Naughton. I love it. Mine's yes. the same. Just we have those names We're, that not many people have, so it works right. out good. Nobody's taken our, our handles yet. So uh, look, look him up. Um, great dude, and like I said, I think is uh, gonna hopefully fill a niche here soon in the uh, the upcoming North Country um, future space here. So Emmett, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. We'll get you back on at some point. This was yeah. fun. Yeah, we, we blew through the two hours. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll uh, maybe at that point I'll know what I'm talking about coding. I'm gonna go home and research coding now. Okay. All right, that's it. Episode 175, Galen Trombley Show. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling: G A E L A N T R O M B L E Y.